Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening to the day. Today is the 18th of November, year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, we are a day early on the recording of this episode because the NBA draft is happening, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, today. So we wanted to get it out early, um, A, so we could speculate about the draft one final time, and B, because usually when we would be recording, uh, the NBA draft will actually be underway, and uh, don't want to miss any of that. So... Uh, if you heard that, my phone fell over. Um, so here we are. We're a day early. We got a lot of things to unpack here before we get to the NBA draft. Mainly, Matthew, the Detroit Lions won a football game. And not only did they win a football game, they won it on a 59-yard field goal. So I know that we're both kind of like, whatever, at this point. Talk to the people a little bit about what happened. We blew another double-digit lead, and not only another double-digit lead, it was a three-score 21 point lead. We're up 24 to 3. Was that. Wait a second. 28 to 3. No, it was 24 to 3. It was 24. No, no, no. Sorry. The Atlanta Patriots. Was it 28 to 3? That was 28 to 3. 28 to 3. Okay. And then Michigan State subsequently did it like the same year. Yeah. Against. So that was cool. Um, I don't. I'm so numb to this happening. We had. It was up. We were up 24 to 3. Same with pretty much every game this year. I felt nothing about it in theory that's something we should have been doing to the to washington in the first place so yeah it's not exciting because we're supposed to be doing it it's not exciting because we know how it's going to go and it went exactly how it's supposed to go blow a 21 point lead uh we kind of get bailed out with some penalties uh so that was nice uh, we hurt ourselves with penalties as well but uh ultimately it comes down to stafford having 16 seconds on the clock as everybody knows one second is too much for matthew stafford more yeah. often than not so took 16 seconds, gets into what should not be field goal range. No. But fortunately, we have Matt Prater, like you said, 59-yard field goal. Fortunate that we were at home for that to happen. Now that I'm thinking about it, we did – I feel like I should have been more excited about this. We did uh, snap our home losing streak. So that – I mean, yay, but who cares? We also – I just want to mention this. We did get – we didn't just have 16 seconds and march down the field. Like, we got super bailed out on a roughing the passer. Yeah, the, Right, that's what I was saying. We got bailed out with the the penalty. Right. So, um, I don't know. We're it just seems like we're gonna play this about five hundred song and dance. Yeah. Uh, where we're partially in the playoff picture, but it's everybody talks about this. It feels like we are going to be, you know, the graphic when they put up for the playoff picture and it says in the hunt. Yeah. The Lions are probably gonna be in the hunt for the coming weeks just through the remainder of the season. <laughs> Nothing I can do about this, folks. We just got to live with it. They, uh, I, we're going to be in the hunt. It's not going to be exciting. It's just going to be frustrating. And even, uh, I forgot who it was. Two, two lines beat reporters, two guys that can get on camera. Um, they were even saying, everybody knows this. If the lions somehow, squeak into the playoffs and find a way to get at least one playoff game in there. Yeah. We're not, this is not a Super Bowl caliber team right now. So 
it, it's it's just not exciting because we know however the season goes, even if we get into the playoffs somehow, we're not going to be like sick playoffs because one, that probably means that Patricia's going to get another year. Yeah. Two, yeah. we're not, we don't like watching this team because it's just, it hurts your you soul. Know, listen, you know that the script is going to completely flipped if this team uh, ends up actually winning a decent number of games. We're going to be like, wait a minute, did we have something here all along? Like you and I both know how Lions fans are. And it's really easy to sit here and be like, oh, we're going to be kind of mad about it. And I'm sure internally we're going to be kind of like, <sighs> but at the end of the day, I know you, I know me, I know Lions fans. We're going to talk ourselves into it one way or yeah. another. Um, and then in retrospect, we're going to be like, we were really stupid. But in the moment, we're going to be all about it. It's not going to happen, I'm, but you know. I'm going to be, which is what you were just saying. I'm going to be ecstatic if we continue to find ways to win. Yeah. Uh, I just... It doesn't feel good. And it's very, 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 very irritating to look at just the details, not even just like the pure statistics, but just the details uh, after each game, win or lose, to figure out what happened. It always go it, the simplest way to put it, and I think everybody can figure out what I'm saying, it all comes down to Matt Patricia, his, whatever his scheme and his game plan is, does not work. What he likes to do on defense, in short, man, don't blitz, force coverage sacks or just force the quarterback to force a throw mm -hmm. into lanes that aren't open, um, that did not work for us. Like, not even close. Worst defense in the NFL when we play his style of defense. We turn it around, we play more zone, and we blitz. We have the talent to really just roll when that happens. That's how we got up 24 to three. Yeah. I'm rounding, but it was about 65% zone, 35% man in the first half with some blitzes mixed in. We got up 24 to three. You know what happened in the second half? Literally the exact opposite. <laughs> Obviously our <laughs> offensive play calling, we know how conservative that gets in the second yeah. half. And when we have leads, the defense, we flipped it. I'm not kidding. Like exactly it was 65% man, 35% zone, and we weren't blitzing. And that's how Alex Smith, notorious dink and dunk quarterback, who that's not true, but it kind of is true, career high in completions, attempts, and I think yards. So Yeah, he threw like 52 I, passes. He was It was over 50, I know that, yeah. And he played well, but at the same time, he didn't do anything overly impressive. We let him do yeah. all the things that he did. Also so, a guy that you kind of like, I don't know, right now it's you like- You tip your cap to. You kind of like, all right, all right, that's kind of There's cool. a lot of respect to be had toward him. And I've never, I don't think anybody's ever had any ill will toward Alex Smith, except for maybe 49ers fans for yeah. like a few years and then they got over it. But I don't know. We're four and five. There's nothing more to say. Our division, uh, even with the division being kind of bad- that doesn't help us the because Vikings we are part winning. of the bad. They, they're what their last three games, Packers, Lions, Bears, three and oh, like Kirk yeah. Cousins has been playing well. His interception I... that he threw was not his fault against the Bears. Khalil Mack just straight up ripped it. I've heard this before and I agree with it. The Packers seem to be the exact same team as last season, which in the nicest way possible, because they are still a good football team. They're kind of like a fraudulent football team where yeah. they're not like dominating these games they are they're still impressive in a lot of in a lot of ways but you're not wowed by them last year they had to go through the 49ers and the way the 49ers were playing last year nobody was going to stop them this year i don't really know that we have 
a 49ers team for them to go through, except for maybe, again, somebody in the NFC West. If the if the Rams continue to stay hot, if the Seahawks kind of figure things Seattle, out. Yeah. And if, if the Cardinals can put it together, or Tampa Bay too. And my wow. guess is the Packers are obviously going to win the NFC North. Surprise, surprise. And they're going to lose in the first or second round. I'm just happy. Just the, kind of I'm just happy the Bills are good again. And then I just want to let's cap off the Lions with this. Um, the Lions did, uh, while well, Matthew Stafford dominated the passing game on, I mm-hmm. believe, the best pass defense in the NFL, which is saying something. Um. Uh, yeah. 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 Their rush defense is bad. Pass defense right. is very good. And yes. so the rush defense goes into my next point. DeAndre Swift. I love seeing him be good. So, so, so was it the Jags game where that was his like first big breakout game? Kind of like, okay, yeah, there you go. And then the next few weeks, it was kind of like, oh, okay. But now it's like, oh, I'm back on DeAndre Swift. So that was really fun to all the people who said Prater is washed. You're technically not wrong. He's definitely on a little bit of a decline, but hey, he's still money from 59. Like the, Mm -hmm. the fact that he loaded that up and I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait a minute, we, we might win this game. And then, and then right before the kick. They flashed some pregame footage of him banging him in from 60 yards before the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I said it on great. here before. I don't mean to cut you off, and I know we're trying to move on from the Lions here. I will believe in Matt Prater until he... Yes. Like, it's until... I hate to throw him under the bus. Until he has, like, an Adam Vinatieri final year type of year, hmm. I will believe in Matt Prater. He's He has missed his kicks here and there, but even the games where he was missing kicks... We were not going to win those games, so it was kind of whatever. I just worry he's going to go out like Joel Zemaya, but with his leg instead of his arm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where yeah. he, how Joel Zemaya just threw a pitch and then he's like, oh, never held a baseball again. Yeah, I just worry one day Matt, or I almost said Matt Patricia Prater's going to go up and his leg's just going to, you know. So it is what it is. We got the Panthers on uh, Sunday, a Panthers team that actually is like kind of good like but not good they're like sneaky fun they're the same as us they're just very competitive can't really tell what's going on with them all righty so now lions finally won a game but kind of who cares the news well note we can't move on to the pistons yet matthew as the red wings got alternate uniforms and i really don't think there's that much to say about them but you i think have a little bit more than everybody else so why don't you go ahead and take that as the, I, I talked about it on another podcast. I'm like the, I'm in charge of uniforms. I don't know how else to put it. I'm just in charge of uniform. You've also commentary. talked about it twice on this show. I just want to mention that. What? You talked about how you're the uniform guy last week. And then during yeah. the interview with well, Luke, just true. you mentioned that as well. It's, it's just true. I like them. I think that Adidas, since they left the NBA and they took over the NHL, I think that Adidas, it's been great for Adidas because their time was up with, the NBA, not just from a contract standpoint, from a, okay, we, you're done. We're, we've moved on from what you guys do for the NBA. With the NHL, I, I just think they've done a very good job. I think the uniform, um, from a like material standpoint, they look better. Um, yeah, they're not ripping nice, apart like, at the seams <laughs> like <laughs> just uh, nice, some competitor I know. Yeah, just a modern day upgrade. Um, I think what they've done with the reverse retro uniforms for everybody I don't, there are 31 teams in the NHL. I would say 28 of them are amazing. Uh, two of them are like, yeah, those are fine. And then ours, I agree, they look like practice jerseys. There is no debate there. That's what they look like. But what I've been saying, what else do you want? 
on I want some level, I want more than I want more than a practice jersey. But on some level, across all sports, across all uniform providers, across everything, when it comes to the most iconic uniforms or the most traditional of uniforms, the Red Wings, of course, being one it's of them, the, it's the modesty and the conservativeness that you don't want to tinker with. You can't get, you can't go over the top with it. Yeah, you we can't only get have cute. so many colors to work with. Um, the one thing I said in a, a group chat that we're in. I was kind of kidding, but to fit the theme with the rest of these uniforms, and it just would have been kind of cool and different, if they put, like, the purple octopus on our jerseys oh, and did something no. kind of out there, that would have been no. wild. Like, if it was the exact same jersey they gave us with red accents, gray accents, and the octopus, I think that they probably could have made it cool. But anyways, we will see what happens when they come out with the rest of the uniform. The gloves, the pants, the socks, the helmet, all of it. My guess is they're just going to be fine. For people saying they're bad... They're just plain. Just That's it. relax. Nothing to say about them. There's really, there's just nothing to say. You know, you know how Adidas sort of revolutionized how the traditional NBA uniform looks by adding sleeves? Let mm-hmm. me propose something to you really quick, and you may know where I'm going. I propose that Adidas does the opposite in the NHL, where they take the sleeves off, um, and so they're just running around in like some tanks. Like so, like lacrosse, just pads hanging out. Yeah, but not not with how low the sleeves go in lacrosse. I want no sleeves, nothing over the yeah, shoulders. Yeah, some lacrosse, some lacrosse, nothing over the shoulders. Nothing so, over so the like, shoulders. Like, so like a tank top. That's what I said. Yes. Well, because over the shoulder, I'm thinking like a tank top is still touching your shoulder. Well, sure, so I was confused, sure. but exposed shoulders. No, they're they're, they're lacrosse uniforms like that. Well, they anyways, just have the pads flopping around. I mean, yeah, we can yeah, move on. Whatever. That was a weird point. <laughs> um, okay, so the Detroit Pistons uh, made the first move, the first trade, and I don't know how long um, for just the, just basketball in general. As soon as the uh, moratorium was lifted, the Pistons were first on the board, trading Bruce Brown to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Jean and Musa and a 2021 second round pick, Matthew. I've said my piece. I've on my on my podcast, um, uh, on Twitter. I've said kind of everything there is to say about it. Most people kind of know where I stand. The floor is yours, Bruce Brown to the Brooklyn Nets. It just stinks. It's not so much like the trade stinks as much as it just stinks as a fan. But also, I don't like this trade it's always so scary when you trade away a player that uh i think the majority of pistons fans were they either fully liked or were like on board on them yeah yeah when you trade away someone who's developing well and because it's different some people have compared it to like uh chris middleton or spencer dinwiddie where with the pistons they just weren't doing anything because we weren't allowing them to do anything and then when they went somewhere else they blossomed Bruce Brown, we he was producing for us, mm-hmm. so it feels a little bit different. And I don't like if he left, it wouldn't be as big of a surprise or as big of a heartbreak. If he really takes off, it'll still suck. But when you do something like this and just acquire draft picks, especially for uh, it's a twenty twenty one second round, twenty twenty one second rounder, a class that's expected to be very good. You that's reassuring, but it is still worrisome when you have to wait a year to see what that pick might turn out to. And then once you have that player, they still have to develop. So mm-hmm. it's there's a long waiting game there where when we're not in a rebuild, we're in a retool, 
have to wonder if that is truly, purely, especially semantics, because it is moving around, moving on from somebody like Bruce Brown for that. Let's feels get that out of the way. Peculiar. This is a rebuild. That that it's, move it's, was in perfectly indicative of the direction that Detroit is heading in. Yes, you're telling me Troy Weaver's first move, like first legitimate move as general manager of the Detroit Pistons, was to trade somebody that the past regime drafted. One of their most recent, their second most recent draft pick, out of there. So that and shows a good one us, at that. What's that? And a good one at that. Yes. Um. And people, oh, it's only Bruce Brown. He's not going to win you a championship. Cry about it. Listen. The Pistons don't have. I'm not even being funny here. The Pistons don't have very many players that I enjoy watching. So you can be very sure that when they move one of them that I do like, yeah, I'm going to be kind of bummed. Because Bruce, and this is the one thing I keep saying, he was Detroit basketball. And it kind of sucks. And the reality of it, there's two things. One, I said this on the podcast, I and it's a harsh reality. You can find guys like him in every draft. They're unfortunately not that hard to come by. The second thing is the reality is that Bruce would be better utilized on a contending team that actually needs that sort of glue coming off the bench and that defensive effort. It just feels like when you have a coach like Dwayne Casey who puts such a strong emphasis on on defensive ability um, that Bruce was like sort of ideal um, for his philosophy. So it is what it is. The issue that I take with it is that Musa is um, horrible, and I mean like bad. Yeah, that's John and Musa the, is that's the is word bad. for it. So I don't know. I think he's a G League guy. I think that's it, Matthew. You can catch some games for us out in Grand Rapids. You can let us know um, how Musa looks. Well, no, you can't because you can't go to the games. Ah, oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Can't go to the games. Um, so. <clears throat> That is what it is, and I and I Matthew, I know we said maybe we won't mention. It. I do want to bring it up that the Pistons, um, it doesn't look like they're going to be bringing back Jordan Bone because he's now an unrestricted free agent. Now, technically, they could just bring him back. They could, <laughs> but I, but, I wish this was visual because I don't think you were trying to do anything, but your face was just kind of like. But I don't care. I, no, I not, don't. Not nothing no. against Jordan Bone. It's just kind of like. It's nothing against Jordan Bone, but it's against Pistons fans who are like, oh my gosh, how could you get rid of Jordan Bone? What are we doing at this point? Like, like Jordan Bone is really fun to watch, but like, did you really ever think he was going to get a shot? Did you really think he was? It's the same thing with Kyrie Thomas. It's the same thing with Lewis King. Did I mention this last week? Because I'm pretty sure I did. No, not on here. It's just so frustrating to me that people invest so much energy into a guy who we've never seen actually play. We keep investing in like uh, Reggie Jackson and uh, Derrick Rose, and we we brought on Tim Frazier, a position that Jordan Bone could have filled. This year, we're probably going to draft a point guard. Okay, and then we're probably going to sign another one. We already have Derrick. Jordan Bone was never going to play. It has nothing to do with him. He's really fast. He can get to the rim. Like, really, he's really quick. He can shoot pretty well. But he was never going to play, man. And people are like, oh, Kyrie Thomas is the future. Future of what? Like, what tape are you watching? What do you think that you're seeing that this guy is all of a sudden the future of Detroit basketball? 
it's just annoying to me that we ignore the signs. There's a reason he's not playing. There's got to be a reason for it, right? And last year, in Kyrie Thomas's instance, he was hurt. Like, he was hurt for a majority of last season. There's a reason these guys only play in Grand Rapids. They were never going to have a chance in Detroit. And it's annoying. Jordan Bone was really good at Tennessee, and he was fun. But that's it. There's literally nothing else to say about the subject. So now, Matthew, as uh, people who are listening to this on Wednesday... The draft is today. The draft is in a few hours. And I'm very, I'm not as anxious as I, well, technically, because it's the night before. I'm not that anxious. Maybe like tomorrow when this goes live, like when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to be like, okay, today's the day. It's today. So Matthew, how are you feeling about the Pistons going into the draft? I'm nervous and I'm going to follow this up with a question because you already said we're probably going to draft a point guard. Yeah. I, I'm going off of, right. I'm going off of Twitter because we <laughs> haven't talked about this yet. All signs point to anything but. I don't know about anything but. I would say anything but Killian Hayes. Okay. Yeah. Because I am forgetting his first name. I'm going to scroll really quick because I know, I want to say Matt, Patrick Williams. I was going to say Williams. Max Williams. Patrick Williams. He has been, from what I've been seeing as well, a lot from you, but from others, that seems to be a very likely selection of ours, especially now that Bruce Brown is gone. But what, why, why? So we talked about this a little bit last week. Right. Here's the thing about Patrick Williams. The dude is, I think, 6'8", 230 or 240? 225. 225. Okay, that's right. So I knew I knew I was rounding up one way or another. So 230. Patrick Williams is a um, defensive wing. And we haven't, I don't know, he's a small forward. That's fun. But he doesn't like to score. And people are like, he has a lot of upside, though. He has a lot of potential on the offensive end. He's got nice mechanics. Um, but right now, the thing with him is like, look how good his defense is. What I said last week is he can run guys off the line, force contest shots, um, like really difficult contests can push a guy inside towards the basket. And it's, I don't know, like, it's fun, but I just kind of want a guy who could score right now and and can actually sort of, you know, orchestrate the offense. So that's why it's now all of this. There's always that one guy every year where, you know, a mock draft will come out now about the 2021 class, and that guy's hovering somewhere between 15 and 30, usually towards the tail end. And then... You know, as we get within the last month of the draft, as it starts to approach, they just skyrocket. And right now, that's Patrick Williams. The dude was a, a consensus lottery pick, and now all of a sudden, we hear today the dude could go four to Chicago. Hold what? The one pick that we felt sure about was Denny going to the Bulls. That's like one of the only picks that we're like, it's you know, that's what's gonna happen. But now I'm like, what? It's really confusing to me why there's so much talk about who the Pistons are going to pick, and it's never about Killian anymore. It's really weird to me. We worked him out. We talked to him. He's been talking to Seku because obviously they're friends. Bring the French Revolution to Detroit. I don't know why this is so difficult. Go ahead. Do you think... I'm fingers crossed when I say this. Potential for a smokescreen by not talking to him. Or yeah. excuse me, not talking to him, but like not talking about him. 
Mm, no, because I don't know. I mean, there's a chance he could go ahead of us, but it really seems like it's coming down to Patrick Williams or Halliburton, which is fine. I really like Tyrese Halliburton. And if you asked me nine months ago, eight months ago, seven months ago, I would have said that's who I would rather have, honestly. But it just kind of feels like Killian Hayes is going to be the point guard from this draft, um, you know, in terms of the ones that we're really talking about. If you if it comes down to Mello, um, Hayes, Anthony, and Halliburton, I feel like Killian is going to end up being the best. There could be a diamond. Like, who knows? Maybe Marcus Howard is amazing. I almost said Nico Mannion, but come on. <laughs> but come on. No. Nope. Let's be real. So, yeah, the whole smokescreen thing is really interesting to me. I think it's going to be, I don't know. You know, I and and we said this um, we said this last week, but I, I don't think we're gonna know anything about you know if the Pistons make any moves for additional picks, trading up, trading down, whatever the case may be. I don't think we're gonna know about that until draft night, which is a little bit frustrating because I kind of hate that. But um, right now, I think it's either gonna be Patrick Williams or, or Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, you obviously you know much more than I do about this draft and what direction we might be going in. If I were to make, obviously we have to hope that these two players drop to us. And from what I understand about these players, we've talked about it on here before. Um, Killian Hayes is my, that's who I want the most. Uh, Every mock draft that I see, take all of those with a grain of salt. He he guy he kind of goes all over the board and I don't Wild. necessarily it, I don't get that. No, it's everybody in the draft, but with Killian especially, I don't get it. I saw him dude, he went um I think what was the I don't remember who it was. They had us taking Isaac Okoro, who by the approximation of NBA Twitter is just Stanley Johnson 2.0. And don't be don't meme Matthew. It's No, know. I I was actually going to talk about him, but keep going. Okay. I like him, but I get what people are saying. To me, I could also say the same thing about Patrick Williams. Um, but there's more upside with Williams, and people are right about that. And Killian didn't go till like, 17, and I was like, what in the world? It's really weird, and I don't have an explanation for it. It's indicative of how uncertain people are about a lot of these guys and how they value them just vastly different. The The mock draft that I have up right now... Is it mine? And I... It's, it's not. The only reason that I even pulled up the one that I did is because it it just has a list of players that I wanted to talk about. So I can just scroll through and be like, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about this player. Gotcha. I just want to add really quick, in my mock draft, I had Killian going to Detroit. So, so that's, yeah. that's going to happen. So yeah, exactly. So there you go. Uh, so I, I would love, Killian is my, that's who I want. Yes. We've established that. Yes. Correct. Part of me would be surprised if he's available for us at seven, but also I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I do like Isaac Okoro. I like, he plays tenaciously. He's got fun hips. I, I would like to see him in a Pistons uniform. I don't see it happening. Um, I mean, yeah, say what you will about Stanley Johnson, but we did just move on from Bruce Brown. So there is some, and I like the Patrick Williams thing. Fine. I guess I, I need to do more research on him 24 hours from now or whatever. Maybe I will just figure Matthew's out. Matthew's going to have drafted. a cram session tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but specifically, and again, I, the only reason I have this specific mock draft pulled up is just so I can see the players that I wanted to talk about. I'm just curious who wrote it. 
Like what what publication? I said CBS. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, with this mock draft specifically, again, wouldn't have talked about this had I not pulled up this one specifically. They have Halliburton going six to the Hawks. Yeah, that's popular. Why? Why in the world would the Hawks do that? How are how are they not set at the one and two guards? Uh, it's not that they're not set. They need depth and stability. It's just like 18, 20-year-olds playing that yes. position, it feels like. Yeah, and ownership is like, hey, if you guys don't make the playoffs this year, who's their coach? Lloyd Pierce? Is he still their coach? I don't remember. Hey, Lloyd Pierce, if you don't, for all intents and purposes, we're going to say he is. If you don't make the playoffs this year, like you're fired. And he's like, I'm playing with like an AAU team. Like, what do you want me to do? He's like you just said, they're all eighteen to twenty years old. Yeah. Now they could move John Collins and get it and get an additional pick. Sorry. I said they have eighteen twenty year olds at like the one and two guards. It was not eighteen oh, okay. and twenty year olds. It, they have so many I hate to say it because it's about my age, but kids playing point. And so be I I like a lot about what Atlanta has going for them. I just think it's very interesting the situation they found themselves in. Yeah, I, I think I, in mine, I think I had them taking Obi. I think Obi Toppin would be a disaster there, but be funny, so who cares? I get your concern, but depth and stability matters. And I get, I, I don't care what Atlanta Cavs does. did it last year. You've never said a word yeah, about that. <laughs> well, that's just because it's funny. I don't know why we'll I think see it's what like genuine. There, man. I, don't <laughs> I don't know why I think it's genuinely funny. Every time the Cavs, Cavs go to draft, they just keep doing the same I'm thing praying. over and over and over and over. I'm praying. If Killian's gone, I hope it's the Cavs. I hope I, I hope Adam Silver <laughs> gets up there. It's like the Cavs take Tyrese Halliburton. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna laugh so hard if they do it again. Um. So yeah, I I'm not gonna be upset at all about the Patrick Williams pick. Um, I would say Killian Hayes. Number one for me, Isaac Okora. I'd be happy to see us take him as well. Something, oh, I just, I just, I accidentally scrolled, came to here. We're not doing this, but let's entertain it. Oh, Okongwu. Okongwu. Why don't you think we're doing that? I don't, I I just don't see us taking a big man. Not opposed to it. I just. If if there was one to take. Like, if I'm being completely honest, it's 100% a gut thing that's based on nothing. I, I just don't see it happening. Well, there's been no indication that would lead to us believing that we are going to pick him. But if there was a center to pick, it's him, not Wiseman. I 100% Which agree with I've you I've heard there. that a bunch. Don't disagree with it. Sure, I've said it to you like 10 times, I'm sure, yeah. Um, Okongalu is, I just feel like, a little bit more than just a rim runner. Which Wiseman's not, but I don't know. In like the, what, four games that we saw him play at Memphis, we didn't really get to see him establish himself as a decent shooter the way that we saw in high school so i don't know we'll see and then it just kind of comes down to the contingency plan with wood um because it's like okay blake seku christian wood okongawu that's fun that's a fun front court and Patton. <sighs> yes and justin <laughs> Patton, matthew yes we did bring him on board another guy um, that people are just like all the way on board with and i really oh my gosh it's so annoying like just give give me a break the the guy has just played like zero games oh you know he didn't mention and i'm shocked that we mentioned justin Patton before this guy one mr thon maker what about him 
he's he's on the roster too. He's a restricted free agent. We're probably gonna. I don't know. We just cut ties with Jordan, so who knows? We'll see. Uh, but something that we haven't talked about yet, and this is harder to talk about because there's way more that that goes into it than just six names pulled before us and then we pick from the remaining pot. The possibility of us trading up has been talked about more than it's never happened. So like more than the history of the franchise, it seems Um, we have talked about before too. There's no reason for us to go to like five or six in theory. That's a waste. If you're trading up, you're going to one or two. And we talked about on here before, I just asked you straight up, do we have the pieces to make that happen? We don't. No. When it comes to trades, I'm leaving it open to you. What possibilities are out there for the Pistons to move from the seventh spot, up or down this year, next year, whatever? As far as future capital goes, I I couldn't tell you there. I mean, it's interchangeable, so I guess some of these trades could involve future capital. But for all intents and purposes, let's just stick to this draft right now. Um, I'm sure we're going to buy some second-round picks either this year or next year but or in 2022, honestly. So the one trade that I proposed that I um, I was texting James Edwards uh, of The Athletic, for those of you who don't know, Pistons beat writer. We were talking, and I, I don't remember how it came up, but I sent him a trade idea that I had. And he was like, that's actually not bad. And I was like, what? So I tweeted it out, and I was like, and every the, like 90% of the people were like, this is actually kind of annoyingly good. Like this is acceptable and and rational. I understand. I was like, what's happening right now? Why are people agreeing with me? So the trade was this, and I know consider it's a three team trade. So it's going to be a little bit hard to keep track of. I hate when people just read trades because I can never get it in my brain. Okay. The Pistons get Andrew Wiggins and the second pick from golden state. Okay. Golden state gets the 12th pick from Sacramento, Blake, and Buddy Heald. Sacramento gets Draymond Green, number seven from Detroit, and like a 2023 second rounder or 2022 second rounder from Golden State. Okay, so everybody moves. Detroit goes from seven to two. Sacramento goes from 12 to seven. Golden State gets their wish, um, and they go from two to 12. And I was like, done deal. Why would anybody say no to this? So that's one thing you could do. It's not going to happen, but it's one thing you could do. If I'm Golden State, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. No? You went, you come away with this with the 12th pick. You're saving a lot more money that way while also bringing on Buddy Heald and Blake Griffin. But what's the problem? You know? I thought Blake Griffin was sent to Sacramento in this trade. No, Draymond Green was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. My only concern sticking with the pistons in that scenario we move up to two what are we doing at two i mean that's contingent on the first overall pick because that's still up there and they could very well take Lamelo if we move all the way up to two yeah are we if, if they take Lamelo and we move up to two are we like oh well whoops. you're only doing that if you know Lamelo's going to be there you're not doing right. it in, in you know blind faith right um that goes through after the first pick is made correct yes as far as moving back, there's a million different ways that could go down. The, the popular theory is Boston giving us all three of their firsts. I've heard that a, a million, million times. times. Million times. That's the popular one. You know, you could you could think of anything. You could think of a trade scenario right now. It could get done. 
just to acquire a different pick. And it would probably involve moving Luke or Tony or something like that. Um, the talks of moving Tony have been, I mean, if someone comes up with a trade, he's in it. Which, I mean, I don't yeah, think and that then means go anything. Figure, it's what just interesting. That, and then what happened? The Pistons make a trade and Tony <laughs> Snell's not involved. What's up with that? He opts I, in and then the next day it's like, oh, we got a trade? Oh, mm-hmm. it's Bruce? Oh, okay. I do love the jokes about uh, Bruce Brown in practice playing against Kyrie and Kyrie trying to get rid of him just because he's he's defending him well. Really good. And it's it's just very funny. Yeah, that's why I'm happy out. for a man, especially if they get James Harden. Are you kidding me? Bruce I don't Brown. want to see that at all. I like the biggest Ooh. reason I don't want that to happen. I just don't want to hear about it. I it's, uh, okay, it's just going to be a thing. There. I I don't want the conversation. I just want it. Here's I I think we're going to be on the same page. I want it to happen, and then everyone acts like it didn't. I want to watch it, and that's it. I don't want to hear anything. And it's as easy as just not looking at your phone. Yes, because you could just watch your TV. Yes, but man, I I'm not in the mood. Like I'm I don't have the energy. To pay attention to that, and you can't not. But that's James Harden has come out and said, "Send me to the Nets." I don't, I don't want it. I, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Um. Can you imagine? I don't mean to get off Detroit, but just for a second, can you imagine they get James Harden, the Nets offense versus Milwaukee's defense? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just said an hour ago, Milwaukee now in their starting lineup has four of the top 20 defenders in basketball on the planet. Drew Drew Holiday on I don't know, take your pick between Harden and Harden and Kyrie with oh, Giannis's help man. on the back end too. That's very scary. Oh, what's that? You're going to push him to in the a good rim. Way. You're going to meet one of the best protectors in basketball. Like the one liability is like Bogdanovich is going to get scorched <laughs> by Kevin Durant. He, he can light it up too. He knows how to put the ball in the basket. I mean, maybe not on KD, but no, not on KD. And he's just kind of spot up, but you know, exactly. You know, but no, I but seriously, just, you know. just for a minute, take us to imagine that matchup. I mean, wow. But in theory, as long as the Nets, I mean, God forbid, stay healthy and God forbid, stay healthy? as exp- in a yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I use that wrong. <laughs> God forbid, move on. Stay <laughs> move on. <laughs> Do you mean, God forbid, let's, they get hurt or, like, God willing, they stay healthy? Let's all hope. the And, you, you know, go. the Nets are going to be healthy this year. That's okay. what's going to happen. That's sure. what's going to happen. The sure. Nets are going to be healthy this year. And if they perform as they maybe not aren't expected, but just as they should. Yeah. Nets Bucks right now, as it is, is a very interesting matchup, I think. Like, we have seen... We've seen the good and bad of this. If they bring on Harden, it could be the best thing that's ever happened to basketball, and it could be the worst, which is not a hot oh. take. I think that's where a lot of people I love stand. this like this um, reunion tour that James Harden is now all of the sudden on. Last year, he gets to go back with Russell Westbrook. This mm-hmm. year, not only is he going to be with Kevin Durant again, but by the approximation of most, they're going to bring in Serge Ibaka. Like James Harden's <laughs> just getting the getting the band back together, playing with all his, you know, playing the hits is really what he's doing, and I, I love, love it. it. I I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the funny and I let's well, let's end it on this. Um, how many players does Milwaukee have right now? On their roster? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? There's probably like eight, seven. Seven, yeah. They, have their, they got their five. Can't do that. <laughs> they got Justin James from Sacramento last night. 
and they have Giannis's little brother. Uh, whatever it takes, I guess. So I mean, I like what they're putting together. John Horace just putting a gun to Mike Boonholtz's head, and he says, "I swear to God, try <laughs> to not play these guys. Try in the to playoffs lose again. Like try to play these guys sub thirty minutes again. I dare you. This he's is it. Cut, I'm not bringing he's anybody cut two else. guys just for fun. Yeah. yeah, just for the sake of making sure they see time. Yeah, cut two more. Um, but let's just let's circle back to the draft. And the good news is Milwaukee does have two second round picks this year. So whew, phew. They could take they could get some guys there. That's a real thing. Take Tillman. Take them both. That is, I'm telling Matthew. you, I'm sorry. That's a package deal. I'm going to be no. so upset when they aren't <laughs> playing together. That's no, such a not. sparty thing of me to say and not a pure basketball thing and also just not how it works. Such, but, a, such an absurd Homer thing to say. Back to the Pistons, though. Um, I think most people should should feel optimistic about pretty much anybody that Detroit picks. And I, and I, and you know, you can only keep expressing the same sentiment however many times, because I feel like we've been kind of saying that a lot, but there are a handful of options. There are, are probably about six names, five, six names that I could imagine Adam Silver calling tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this or last night or two nights. Anyways. Um, and I'm fine with most of them. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. I I've seen. I agree. I, I don't have anything to add to that. I, I feel comfortable that we're going to get a guy that I can get behind. Um, we'll just we'll see who it is. There are some we can go in a lot of different directions, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's kind of like the Red Wings where Stevie came out and said, like, we're, we're just going to take the best player available. Yeah. I think the Pistons are in a little bit of a different situation, and it's very different uh, basketball to hockey. But there are a lot of different directions the Pistons can go. And from what I've seen and what I'm, I suppose, expecting – I feel like I and we are in a pretty good spot. Yeah, and I, you know, I I want to say this too. I was thinking about this just like maybe an hour ago. Usually, the draft comes around, you get your shiny new toy, or you're excited to see someone like Zion, and you're like, ugh, all right, we have the summer league. But then I have to wait like four months to watch them play games. That's such a, I want to watch them now, Matthew. The draft is going to happen no matter who it is, you know how long we have to wait to watch them play? Like three weeks. Yep. That is really fun. Even, you know, like if you're excited to watch Desmond Bain, if you're excited to watch Devin Vassell or Danny or LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, you're not going to have to wait that long. That's really exciting. Also, probably not going to see a lot of them because I can't imagine too many of them are going to see immediately like 20 minutes a game, 40 Minutes a game. Well, who's going to see? No rookie not, see not 40. 40 <laughs> not 40. I just, 20 felt low, so I, I doubled it throughout 40, and that was a little high. 60 I so. meant 60 <laughs> minutes a game. Um, last, last thing. Sure. And it's just a question to see if you know more than I know and maybe just enlighten the audience a little bit. Uh, Mr. Servetus, Davidus Servetus. He's not going to play with us this season. It doesn't sound like he's going to play with us. Sounds like he'll play in Grand Rapids. Oh, that's still okay. That's yep. still more than I was expecting from not going to be playing for us. Yeah, sounds like um, he could play there. Yeah, because I'm asking this as I'm saying it. From what I understand, uh, he's just leaving Israel mm-hmm. and he's coming to the NBA. Coming but NBA the, in this, yeah, yeah, NBA in this case is the G League. And he's going to be playing for the Drive, which is exciting. It's if I'm being completely honest, I forgot 
all about him. I did not. Until today. People talk about that man weekly. (laughs) And I would, I've just, because he signed an extension last year and I was like, oh my, we're never going to see this guy. We're never going to see him. Well, here he is. Um, Am I, do I remember correctly that he's a lefty? No, I don't think he is. I think he, you might be right. I think he is. So if, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong because I'm what I'm picturing is lefty. So we'll just run with that because it's more interesting. Okay. We have Luke. If we have Luke, could be a flat Servetus, out lie, but sure, let's keep rolling with it. We have Luke Servetus, and if we draft Killian, we have three lefties. Yes, that'd be that'd be something. I don't know what to make of that, but that would be a thing that it's a it's a thing. Uh, that's a fun trivia question. I got how many, that's how many like lefties do the Pistons have? Tampa Bay in the playoffs this past season for baseball. They had a lefty, or not a, not a lefty, a lineup that was comprised of only lefties from oh. every fielding position all the way to a pitcher. And I should say for for batting sake, um, that was the first time that ever happened in the history of baseball. Yeah, I which didn't know that was felt a thing. wrong, but we could do that. We could we could bring Greg Monroe back. Let's Shut just go up. all all lefty all lefties. Um, yeah, Servetus is like the same frame as. Musa, which is like the same frame as like Patrick Williams. Is Musa a lefty? Musa's not a lefty. Musa's bad. Yeah, I know. Maybe he's like that's, Ben. That's maybe he's like Ben Simmons. He's been shooting with the wrong hand the whole time. <laughs> I that's got to be one of the funniest theories out there. Like, why is Ben Simmons such a bad shooter? He's been <laughs> so shooting funny. with the wrong hand. All right, Matthew. You got anything else? Give us your final prediction instead of a Lions prediction this week. Give us your pick. Who is it? Who, uh, with the seventh pick in the draft, the Detroit Pistons select. Killian Hayes. I want it. Let's make it happen. Right. You know what? I, I want it. To agree I want you, it. But, but I want to be right. And I don't think it's going to happen. I would love it. Believe me. But I want to be right. I, I'm going to say Hallie. I'm going to say I'm going to say Halliburton. Okay. I mean, that's, all, that's yeah, also sure. fine. Sure. Yeah. All righty. Cool. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you that's our show. If you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very, very, very. And tune in, uh, tune in, man, tune tune into our Twitter because I will be tweeting out. Yes, whoever we pick, if we, um, if we somehow stock up on draft picks, I'm gonna try to sure uh, tweet out something for everybody that we take. So at least with our first overall pick, uh, we will be getting something from our Twitter. Yeah, you just saved me there because I was having a stroke trying to wrap this thing up. So if you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very, very much. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you guys in the next one. Shh.